sandwiches, <laughs> basically. West side or like at UCB. Yeah. I don't have to get ready. <laughs> That's my own choice though. <laughs> <laughs> that was always a choice. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hey, witches. Happy. Hey, witches. Happy witchy Wednesday. It's Leah Knauer. And Rachel LaForest, your basic witches. And today we have my self-love coach, Yasmin Fate. And it's fate that she came into my life and that she came onto the show. She is so amazing. She is such a loving, warm energy. I know you guys are going to love her so much. And we talk a lot about intuition and obviously self-love and mm-hmm. confidence. And um, those are some things we'll probably cover in our next moon circle, which is coming up next week on September 2nd. It's a full moon. It's the blue corn moon. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to get witchy with us in a small, intimate setting, it's 20 beings max. It is open to all types of beings. Um, then go ahead to at basic witches on Instagram and follow the link to sign up. Yes. And if you're not already, be sure to be following us on Instagram and TikTok at basic witches. If you love our show, please, please, please leave us a five-star iTunes review. It helps us a lot. And we love hearing what you love about the show. And speaking of shows, we have another Soul Fire Productions pod to tell you about. The Uncensored Empath is hosted by Sarah Small. She is your no BS spiritual guide. Her 15-year journey with chronic illness, experience with loss and grief, and insatiable desire to integrate the darkness into the light inspired her to create her thriving wellness business. She supports empaths and highly sensitive people, HSP, to create a body, business, and life that they love through a blend of energy, neuroscience, spirituality, and intuition. It's all about the intuition lately. So definitely be sure to check out her show, The Uncensored Empath, after you enjoy this episode. But before we throw it away to that, Rachel's got some exciting news. Yes, as you saw last week, I have a new program that launched. It's called Learn to Fucking Love Yourself, aka Learn to Fly, baby. And you can find that at rachellaforest.com slash learn to fly, or of course on my Instagram at rachellaforest. It's a no bullshit 15 day intensive uh, with tactical exercises and video lessons every day to fucking whip your brain and heart into shape on loving yourself. And you're going to hear a lot about how to love yourself on this episode. So it's a great primer. Yes. Enjoy. Today we're putting the yas in Yasmin. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting to say that. (laughs) How are you doing today? How's your spirit? Uh, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. I'm excited to talk to you because whenever you and I talk, it's only me crying about myself. So this will be a nice turn of events um, because you are my self-love coach and confidence yes. coach. And it's been like so fun connecting with you every week for the past couple months. Yeah. I've been loving it. I know. I'm so happy that you came into my life because also I wanted to, to talk about that. You came into my world um, with uh, coach an offer for like complimentary coaching at the same time that my therapy was like, I could no longer afford it. And I'm just like so grateful for you. And it's such a nice lesson of like, stay open to whatever is coming. You know, you never know. Yeah. And I believe there's like no coincidences, like everything happens because it's meant to happen. It's like divinely guided. And I just think like the connection we had, it was just like a divine appointment. Yeah. yeah. And I've never even met you in person. It's like so weird. Cause I feel like I do know you IRL, but we've only ever been virtual. Same. <laughs> I've gotten so used to my therapist being virtual, even though I did used to see her in person. Yeah. I think that's happening to a lot of our relationships. Yeah. Like, are you, are you five, six? That's my guess. Yeah. Ah, That is, wow. I'm so impressed. That's awesome. I'm five, six. I just had a feeling that we're the same height. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny. And it's like, sitting down too. So your intuition must be like, 
pretty powerful. Yes. He is good with intuitive numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it also, yeah, it probably helps that subconsciously your brain is like seeing the scale of Yasmin (laughs) to her background and you're the same. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So Yasmin, have you always been a spiritual person? Can you tell us about how you grew up and your background with spirituality? Ooh, yeah. So I have not always been spiritual. It's something, um, I started my spiritual journey like six, seven years ago and it started like growing up. I was always like not very happy with who I was and I always wanted to change who I was as well. And I had a hard time fitting in in school. So a little like quick background. When I was seven, my parents decided to move me and my sister to Iran and it's like a third world, like theocratic country where you have to like cover up and wear scarves. And it was like a really hard adjustment. And I didn't fit in there because I was like the American girl. We lived there for four years. And then once we moved back to America, I was in fifth grade and I was like away from American culture, pop culture. My English wasn't as good as it used to be. So then when I came back to America, I had a really hard time fitting in again. And it was right around the time of 9-11 too. So like I had brown skin and things like that. And I was like bullied in school in fifth grade. And then from that point forward, I adopted the story that I'm weird. I'm not good enough. Um, no one likes me. I'm never going to have any friends. And then I kept like repeating this story, like all throughout middle school, high school, high school was amazing. I had a good time. I had a lot of friends, but I still had the story of I'm not good enough. And it like was like a record player all the time. And once I got to college, I was like, okay, once I get a boyfriend, like then I'm going to feel loved. I'm going to feel good enough. And mm. then in college, I had a boyfriend after a year and a half, we broke up and I was like devastated. I was like, well, I'm still not happy. So the way I'm living is not sustainable. Like I got to make a change and I got to like figure out how to be happy from within. And that's when my spiritual journey began. Mm. And, um, that I started doing yoga back then. And in yoga, I found a little bit of peace. From there, I became um, a certified yoga instructor, but I kept wanting to go deeper. Like I still wasn't fully and completely happy. And then I kept going through like this personal development route, reading books, taking workshops, going to seminars, working with other coaches. And yeah, my... um, my journey has evolved from there about six, seven years ago. Mm. Wow. I- incredible. I, I, re- I, first of all, I think we might be like about the same age. Cause I was in fifth grade when nine 11 happened. Mm. <laughs> okay. Same. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Good place to be. I'm so looking forward to my thirties. Are you? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so excited. Cause I feel like I finally am getting to know myself. I'm confident with who I am. And I feel like thirties is going to be such an epic decade. Yes. That's, that's what I hear too, from people who are in their thirties. They're like, yeah, you finally figured it out. And yeah. now you have a little bit more money to live off of like, while you know who you are. <laughs> Assuming you've, you've done the work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people can relate to the part of your story where you started developing that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my deep roots as well. Okay. Um, and I so related to like, Oh, well when I have X, then mm-hmm. I'll be happy. And then you get that thing and you're not happy. And then you lose that thing and you're mm-hmm. even less happy. So you're like, well, fuck, if that's not the answer, I need to actually work on me and enjoying being by myself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oof. Can you, Yasmin, like pinpoint a moment where you, where you had that internal um, clarity where you mm. saw, oh fuck, I've been repeating this story. Did you have like a moment of that? Yes, I think it was many moments. Like especially right after my breakup, like all I was doing was crying. I was just depressed, crying. Um, I would go out with friends, and I would go home crying or I would be, um, on family trips and I wouldn't be participating because I was just in my room depressed and crying. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like there is something going on and I need to like change this. And once I started looking deeper and deeper into what it was, it was like, well, I'm making myself feel this way. It's no one else doing this. Mm -hmm. And 
I need to change the way I'm looking at myself and treating myself. And who said like, I'm not good enough. Like who said it? Did I say it? Or am I just like adopting it and looking outside of myself for that validation? Because if I keep looking outside of myself for it, I'm never going to feel like good enough. So Mm -hmm. I need to start giving it to me instead of like looking for it out there. Mm -hmm. So you started doing yoga and you said that opened up your spirituality. What were the other things that you started to implement that really like changed your mindset? So I started learning, I read a book called, um, Eastern, um, Eastern, Western body, Eastern mind, something like that. And it's all about the chakra systems. It combines psychology with the chakra. So I started like self-diagnosing myself like, mm. oh, this happened when I was a kid. So this is why I feel this way, things like that. And then I got really deep into personal development, like reading all kinds of books going to like so many seminars and trying like to figure out like how can I make myself happy essentially from the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. I asked that question, but I know it's going to be many moments. Yeah. Not, not usually one. It's, it's a bunch that led to one that was the most clear, mm-hmm. but like totally um, in your journey of like, self-development research, like reading and seminars, did you ever run into something that rubbed you the wrong way? Because I do want to talk about that on our show. Like a lot of people view the self-help industry as like evil or bad or Mm. that there's bad players. Did you run into any of that? Not that I can think of. Okay, good. <laughs> Those people are wrong. <laughs> I haven't heard that, Rachel. Yeah, because some of like the big name self-help people, I mean, you know, like we saw the shit that went down with Tony Robbins and mm-hmm. stuff and like even like the Bikram Yoga guy and sexual assault and just there's there's some of the mega people that that people feel like took advantage of mm people by, by promoting self-help, um, really just to like make a ton of money. Yeah. I've been running to that. I've actually been to eight Tony Robbins events. That has been <laughs> a big, um, transformative thing for me. And just really quick on the Tony Robbins thing, a couple of the things that happened, I was actually there live and I witnessed it, which later came out as him being like that. And it was totally taken out of context and twisted. Really? Like, I witnessed it live. It was two different events too. Yeah. Oh it was, shit. It was like, there was something he was talking about for one hour with someone and they took out like 10 second clip of that one hour thing and totally mm. made it like a twisted thing. And then the thing, the other thing that came out, it was like a, it was the source was Buzzfeed and then a bunch of other places started picking up that story from Buzzfeed mm. And then the woman who were quoted in that came out and said, like, no, this is not true. They even made YouTube videos saying I was yeah. misquoted. This never happened to me. Damn. But, I mean, there is there are people out there for sure. Like you said, the Bikram yoga guy. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, yeah. Yeah, and that was fun. It's really important, like, when it comes to those things, to really go with your intuition and not, like, put people on a pedestal. That's the most important thing when it comes to self-help because no one knows more than you and no one is better than you. They can just Mm. guide you to your own heart, to your own intuition, but nothing is more important than that, you know? And if we follow what someone else tells us to do without checking in first within, then we got it all wrong. Yes. I so well said. I so agree. I think it's like the sign of a good teacher is it's like teach a man to fish. It's somebody who's empowering you so yes. that you can walk away and you don't need to keep subscribing or paying mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like someone who's actually empowering you. Mm-hmm. I, it reminds me of Deepak Chopra because I'm taking his 21 abundance meditation program and like it's cost me zero money. So it really, I'm, my business for him gives him no money. And that is so, that's so cool to me because it's like, he truly just wants people to feel this good feeling. Um, yeah. How, how is that course going, Leah? I want to hear about I it. I love it. I'm on day seven. I just had to make my own group. So now I'm like the leader of another small group. Um, but it reminds me of my course because it's a lot of just like vision accountability. Like you have to take charge and you have to be a leader yourself in, in this work. Um, even like leading yourself, you know? 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really liking it. Every day we do a 15 minute meditation and then there's always a task of journaling. One day we had to write out all the things we ever pay money for that we like, Ooh. oh, like our debts and our expenditures. Um, and that was really helpful for me just writing that out and having an idea. Yeah, that sounds um, tactical. Yeah, but I want to I want to go back to the Tony Robbins thing because I did, went to his seminar Unleash the Power Within in like 2008 and I was obviously really bummed to hear about his accusations because I did have an amazing experience there. Um I think it was like a three-day weekend and it's so intense. You're there from 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Um, you have to pack a little snack. Like you get, they, they say that it's manipulative on his part and that you're like hungry and tired and this and that. But I don't know. It put me in a space where I was truly focused and I got to walk on coals. I'll always remember that. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. I've never done that. How, like, fuck. I think I've asked you about that before, but maybe not on the show. Like, how was the experience of walking on coals? So cool. It feels like you're in a cult a little bit because everyone's cheering, yes, 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 yes. And you're all looking at each other. And as you're walking across, like people are cheering for you. And then when you get to the other side, it's like a party. So like your soul is like lit, like no pun intended. <laughs> and, and your feet are not? Like, do your feet no. not get hurt? <laughs> no, because you're walking so fast and he teaches you how to do it. Yeah, it's all about the energy. And I actually have an awesome story about the fire walking. So about four, I think four of the UPWs I went to, I crewed. And as a crew, we got to crew the firewalk. So my job was to stand um, on the side watching people walk through just to make sure like they don't um, go off path because they're looking straight ahead and they don't burn their feet. And it first of all, like watching 500 people just start out with so much fear in their eyes and walk through and just feel so empowered and accomplished was amazing. And then one of the firebox I did, I had a lane where it was this special needs kind of people. So people on wheelchairs, people who maybe didn't have limbs, things like that. And then just watching them like get up from the wheelchair or like in a modified ways, go through and not Mm. let their like limitations or their disabilities like stop them was like the most beautiful thing I experienced. And I remember just like crying, seeing all these people with like all these disabilities, like do it and like walk through. I'm like, wow, if they can do it, then I can't make excuses in my life when I'm like too scared to do something or say like, oh, I don't have what it takes. It's like, no, we all do. And we just have to like, essentially like put ourselves through that firewalk. And that has to bring up gratitude too, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. I mean, even just, I mean, in LA, we have, we have such a, an epidemic of people losing their houses, houseless and homeless people. And it's, it's, I have learned like the past many years I've been volunteering at the um, downtown women's center. And then just with the pandemic, these numbers have gone up even more, but mm-hmm. our houseless and homeless population is like, it's, it's not all people on drugs. It's like people yeah. like us, it's people yes. that just have a couple things go wrong. And then it, it mm-hmm. the bottom falls out and they're, they can't make rent and they get kicked out. And it's like, anyways, anytime I see someone disadvantaged compared to me it makes my gratitude like I could cry as well yeah. mm-hmm. like just glue the roof. like we can mm-hmm. all each one of us have something to be grateful for yes I agree and like the power of gratitude is to like we get to see what we have and I think that also like for me personally is like okay I have all this so I must show up and use my full potential to create something so then I can go help these people as well you know like if we have it then I think it's our duty to go give it out to people too and yes I share the same philosophy and now I have to ask do you know your Enneagram number I don't oh Mm. man I wish you did because I bet you're a two Mm. giver I'm going to take a quiz after this and let you know. But you do know human design. Yes. What are you in that? I'm a projector. So are you, Julia, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know why I forgot you were a projector, Leah, Mm -hmm. but that's awesome. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. With Enneagram, like givers, the two is often therapists and coaches and like Mm. helpers and yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. 
I would guess you might be. It's like, it sounds like you might be one. (laughs) So when did you get into coaching? I got into coaching about um, three, four years ago. So ever since I was like a little kid, I always knew I wanted to like help people and make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I think it came from like being as a kid, like I kind of suffered from like just being so lonely and being sad and depressed. And it was then I decided, I'm like, I don't want anyone else to feel this way. So I'm going to do... Do you have Pisces in your chart? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just felt like you did. Damn. Do you have any water? (laughs) Um, So I'm a Leo sun, Leo rising, and a Capricorn moon. Okay. Oh, no, not a Leo. Yeah. Earth. (laughs) <laughs> walking on coals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, actually, now that we just now that we just got back to Tony Robbins, I wanted to say I think, you know, even if what had been accused was true, I would also like in a way understand. I'm not saying anything that was accused would be right, but mm-hmm. humans are so complex and mm-hmm even if those accusations were true, it wouldn't take away from your experiences that yeah. you had, that it benefited you. Mm-hmm. And at the same token, it's like, for you guys, it's like, whatever you got out of that is, is your reality. Yeah. You're a complex human and you can have your own way of feeling about it. Like exactly. And yeah, Tony Robbins is just human. I think it's just yeah, a yeah. human <laughs> thing that when you get too much power, you can be blind to how you're abusing that power. Um, and maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't, I don't condone what may have happened, but like, yeah, he gave me an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Wait, I think, yeah. Cut you off about, um, yeah. 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 So going back to that and then, um, so middle school too, like I just felt very like, also drawn just to help people again. And like for electives in school, I remember like, instead of like art or things like that, like mine was to hang out with um, kids who had autism and like help them out with their extracurriculars. And I loved it so much. Like it was my favorite class, like all throughout middle school too. And I like was in this thing called best buddies where I had a best buddy, like, and I loved hanging out with them more than I did with like other people. And I always like wanted to go into something where I could help people. And then Mm. I didn't know what that was. And then when I was a senior in high school, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go work in politics and like be able to make a difference that way. So I studied political science in college and I had plans to go into politics. I really wanted to be in Congress. And I did an internship at the Capitol and I really saw like, oh, I'm kind of like living in La La Land. You don't really make a difference in politics. Like, and it's not like I can just go and be like, yeah, I'm going to make this world a better place. Like I have to figure out something else. And then I decided, oh, I'll be a lawyer and I'll do it that way. And I worked for an attorney as a paralegal. And I was like, wait, no, lawyers don't really do anything, but like just write up paper and like Mm. people and it was like really unfulfilling and this was about like four years ago and I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do with my life like I was also really lost and frustrated because in my soul I knew I wanted to do something big but I couldn't find it I was like mm. in these like nine to five avenues I was like none of these are real like life transforming kind of jobs and then that's when I discovered like the world of coaching and then I, um, yeah, just took myself down this path. That so cool. You know? Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I find, I mean, we like an AOC, L Woods I combo. Know. <laughs> oh, no way. I always like, sit, I, like, last night I was actually watching Legally Blonde and I told my boyfriend, I was like, did you know, like, L Woods had such a big impact on my entire and life? And me too. I yeah. talk about that all the time. Like, all my friends know L Woods is a huge deal for me. Yes. And then AOC, she is. And then AOC is my hero. Like I just where she is, like, I'm like, wow, if she did it, like I could have done it, but it's like amazing seeing like where she's taking herself. She is going to be present. Calling it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to help make it happen. I was just rereading some manifestations I had written down Mm -hmm. like 
many months ago. And Leah, I wrote like basic witches helps get the first female president elected. Like, wow, we're going to do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. That is epic. I love that manifestation. <laughs> I so relate to the feeling of like knowing that you want to do something big and you're not mm-hmm. sure what that is. And I feel like basic witches has been that for me. I've always loved like championing women and bonding together and sisterhood. Um, but like this show gave me that where before I was doing acting and comedy, which is still fills my soul, but it, it felt like it was missing. Like, I don't know, that community of helping people. Yeah. And I think as human beings, like service is like a big need. Like if we're not giving, if we're not giving, contributing to society, then I think that's why sometimes we feel unfulfilled. We might feel depressed. It's because we're not giving enough. And when we give, it makes us so happy too. Like it fills up our cup. And I think that's like the kind of like the solution to the problem we have as well. So whenever like I feel, even if I see myself feeling sad or depressed, I'm like, okay, it's it's because I'm not giving. Like, how can I give? How can I contribute? And that you remind just me, you remind me of that so much in our coaching sessions because, like, if I'm feeling imposter syndrome, specifically like about putting my course together, and you'd be like, if this changes one person's life, is it worth it? I'm like, yeah. And you're like, okay, so stop thinking about yourself. Thinking about think about that person, and then it just clicks because, like, oh, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Oh. I've done self-imposed exercises before where I caught myself in a desperate energy. Like I felt like I was scrambling and pawing like a dog in the water. And I decided, I like imposed this exercise for a few days where I was like, I'm just going to focus on other people and how I can help them. And it like cured my desperation because truly it just is like, it gets you outside of yourself. Exactly. Have you guys seen the show Undercover Boss? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, it's always like, you know, you know, the boss goes undercover. The boss is usually like a really higher up at the company or sometimes even the owner who's, who's generally super removed from mm. the lower level employees and always, always at the mm. end, the experience the boss ends up having is that like, they feel so fucking good that they could help mm. these employees yeah. and they're like, they like feel bad that they weren't already doing it. Mm. And it's like, that's just a small scale version of the entire society. Like yeah. those top, like if they would just help more, they would feel happier yeah. and yeah. we would all win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you like the energetics behind it. It's cause like, imagine there's like a channel coming like through your head of like energy. And when you're thinking of yourself, this channel is so small cause you're only thinking about you. So you're only receiving things for yourself. But if you're thinking about giving and service, mm-hmm. this channel opens up. So you get to receive a lot more, like let's say divine light, divine energy. And that's why you feel so good. It's because you're also receiving more too. But then when you're small, thinking about yourself, you're small and contracted but then when you're thinking about others and giving you expand and your energy expands and then your vibration goes up Mm. as well Mm. and then as a result you get to be in that state of joy and that state of love and feel good Mm. do you think like capitalism is what's caused all these all these notions to seem counterintuitive because so many of us have lack mentality and like go around thinking like i have to grab and take for myself when literally what you're saying is true. When you give, you receive mm-hmm. more. Like mm-hmm. that's a universal law. Mm-hmm. So do you think, is it like, is it capitalism? I think, yeah. Like what you said about the scarcity mindset about taking, 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 you know, and it's like, oh, it's going to run out. I need to take. And cause then we're forced to also think like we're separate from each other and like, mm-hmm kind of like, oh, I have to take because then I won't have. And like, we think that the pie is small and it's limited. But the thing is like, there's infinite amount Mm. for everyone and there's an abundance. Like we're not going to run out of anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about perspective. And going back to the Deepak Chopra um, program, they have us write down money is good. I am allowed to have money. It allows me um, 
I'm messing this all up, but like it allows me to provide protection and love for my family and my loved ones. And it's like rewriting the story that we all know that money is evil. Money is the root of all evil, you know, and like, um, I'm poor, I'm in debt, all these stories that we have about not having enough when actually like it's an energy. Yeah. And I think it's, so important, especially for us, like women who are doing good in this world are in service. I think it's important for us to like want or attract money because if we have, imagine if we all had so much money, we would do so much good with it. I know because we'd have power. Yeah. So money be in our hands. So I think it's actually a selfless thing to want money because we're going to be able to like bring more love into this world and like make this world the place that we want it to be instead of like money being in the hands of those men, those capitalistic yeah. men up at the top. And yeah. and same with people of color. We need more hands and more yes. people of color and more hands, uh, more money and just more diverse hands in general, because yep. the more money and more diverse hands, then the better representation and use of that yes. money for the whole, for the more whole communities that are being taken care of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like so important to like have these conversations about money and like do what you just said, Leah, about money, those affirmations and like make wanting money. Okay. And not make it like mm-hmm. such a taboo thing or such a greedy thing. Cause it's like, no, when like my mentor always says, when good people make money, they do good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like having more money doesn't make someone bad or greedy. Like we think it just amplifies who they are. So if they mm-hmm. are a greedy person, it amplifies that. If they are an amazing person, it's going to amplify that. Oh, yes. 100%. I've heard that about fame too. Mm. Like if you're a shitty person before you're famous and then you become famous, you're only going to be more shitty and vice versa. If you're a good person, you'll be even better. Um, I want to know what have you learned from coaching? Ooh. Okay. So when I started in the very beginning, I was like, oh, coaching, it'll bring me good money, blah, blah, blah. So I think the first year or two, I was more after like, I want to do this so I can make money so I can be this and that. And that like did not work at all. It like, um, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Like it was cause it was coming from that place where I don't have it. So I must get it like kind of that scarcity mindset. And then when I switched my um, perspective to, well, I'm doing this coaching. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it to fulfill my soul. I'm doing it to help others. And I'm doing this to like make this world a better place essentially. And once I had that shift, I've been able to like adopt this to other parts of my life too, where like I'm taking this action, whatever it is I'm doing is because I want to be of service, not because I want to make money. And I've learned a big lesson about money that money is just a side effect from being in service. Money is just a side effect from like being in a state of love, being in a state of joy, from sharing that with other people. And like money is not um, what I'm after and it's not what I should be after, but I know and trust that it's going to come to me. But what I am after is like, how can I impact someone? How can I transform someone's life? How can I help them live a better life and like be happier with who they are? How can I connect someone to the power that they have within that we all have, but sometimes we forget it's there. And that's been like the best lesson because now I know that it's not about, I don't need those outside things to make myself feel good. Like I thought I did. It's what, how can I impact someone's life? That, and I know that's going to feel much better than anything else. Mm. And I, I think what's so like <laughs> pivotal, it's funny. I say that about your story is the pivot. <laughs> the most pivotal thing is the pivot because <laughs> you, you had a business and you shifted like, you clearly had like, that takes a lot of courage to recognize that you were not, that you were, you were feeling disingenuous in your approach and you pivoted and that's why it worked out. Like why yeah. you're thriving now. Yeah. To pivot. Mm-hmm. And then like, um, in another way, like I get 
inspiration in a different way now. Cause before I was after like, okay, what program is going to make me money? What should I say to attract clients? But now I can just go with my intuition. And I know that following my intuition is like the best path for me. So instead of like being in my logical mind, it's also helped me tap into my heart and like my feminine energy and my intuition and follow that. And it's like, our intuition is our most powerful gift that we have. And then mm. when we start using it, like more and more magic starts to unfold. And that's been, yeah, one of the, another great lesson for me too. How does your intuition usually speak to you? Like- I get like nudges. Like, um, I think I like get hits of like inspiration, like, oh, you should, um, do this or, when I'm meditating too, that's when I also tap into my intuition Mm. and like ask myself questions, like get myself in a place in my heart. And, um, gratitude is what does that for me. Like I'll think of things that I'm really grateful for. And then I'll ask my heart, if I have like a question about something, like what is my heart's answer? What would my heart do about the situation? And it's like the first thing that comes And then sometimes like the logical mind is like, but this, but that, no, you can't. But then I know how to discern like, oh, that's just my monkey mind. That's my ego. That's only trying to keep me safe. It just doesn't want me to be vulnerable. I'm like, no, like I I love you ego, but I'm going to go with like that voice of my heart. Mm -hmm. A lot of listeners ask, how can I work on my intuition? Do you have any exercises or like Cause it's a hard thing to talk about because it's so individual. Right. So it's okay if the answer is no, but how would you answer that? Yeah. The thing about intuition too, I think it's a muscle. Cause at first mm. the voice of the intuition is going to be really quiet if we're not used to following it. So it's about, um, giving it time to keep hearing it more and more. And so my favorite way is like getting quiet and, that practice I said about gratitude. So thinking like you, let's say you're sitting down and your intention is to meditate. Think about three things that you're really grateful for. They can be moments. They can be things that happened. And usually when we go to that place of gratitude, we're in our hearts. So we have a heart mind and we have like a brain head mind. And then when we're in that heart mind, that's where we can also hear our intuition. So in that place where you're really feeling gratitude, you're feeling happy, you're feeling blessed, then you can hear your intuition there. You can ask yourself. And then the intuition is the first thing that pops up. Mm -hmm. And usually right after the voice of our intuition, the monkey mind or the voice Mm -hmm. of our head pops up. And it sounds like doubt. And it sounds like going back and forth, like, should I, or should I not? That's never the intuition. The intuition has like one, like it's usually bold and it's just one thing. Like, it's not like, maybe you should do this. Maybe you shouldn't do this. And then following it, making sure to take action on what your intuition says will help you listen and receive more and more of that. But let's say if you're trying to connect with your intuition and hear it and you don't go with it, then that voice is still going to stay really quiet. But every time you go with your intuition, it gets louder and louder and louder. And you'll be able to just like tune in and be like, okay, what should I do? And you'll just get the download. You'll get the answer. So it is like a muscle that we have to practice. And it also brought me a lot of confidence to being able to connect and listen and follow my intuition before. Like I was, I didn't know who I was. I was so indecisive. I didn't even really know how to carry conversation. And the more I started like following my intuition, the more I realized, wow, I'm so supported because in any moment, whatever you need, like your intuition is there to give it to you. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like being able to quiet down the head and listen and receive, but taking action on what you receive is also really important. So you can Mm -hmm. keep receiving more and more. Mm. Love that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Do you consider yourself a witch? Yes, absolutely. I think think all women to some extent are like, we have that power within if we cultivate Mm. that magical power we have within us. And yes, for sure. We're creators. I I'm reading witch, witch by Lisa Lister. And it talks about how the cauldron is like the pelvic floor. And so literally our womb is like a cauldron. That's, that's the 
why that always is the representation for a witch. And it's just like, oh, so, so cool. Brewing stuff in the youth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I liked what you said about any moment you face, you're like, you're equipped because Mm -hmm. when you're working on your intuition and trusting it, yeah, you, you don't have to even like prepare that much. Because yes. in any moment, you're just going to tap into that yeah. and you have what you need in you. You're equipped. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then like example is like just in my coaching, like when I first started like four years ago, I was in like connected to my intuition like I am today. And like, let's say if I were to do like a live training back then on Facebook, I would practice over and over again, like on um, photo booths, like I would video myself, like reading my script like 10, 20 times. And I'd be so nervous. I'd be like, what if I forget this word? And now that I like, am so connected to my intuition. If I want to go live, like I don't even um, prepare beforehand. Cause I know like, I'm just going to receive mm. everything that I need to say in that moment. And like, I have so much trust in that, that it becomes, um, it's just so easy and second nature. And like, also at the same time, like my confidence has gone up because I know like I'm going to be supported in every Trust moment. Trust yourself. Yes. Improv has taught me. Yeah, I was literally our improv. Yes. <laughs> yes. Improv within basic witches and just on stage has taught me that like the mistakes are usually where the funny is, where it's where the magic is and it's vulnerable. Yeah. So even if you did forget a word or mess up or say something like it's, it's fine. Well, I was thinking of, yes, totally. Um, our musical improv team, Adele Dazim, where Leah and I met, was a fucking like intuition factory. Like, because <laughs> the whole thing of improv is follow your foot. That's what they say. Meaning, so in improv, you stand in, you stand in a line like on the back of the stage and two, like one or two people is in front of you doing a scene. And if your foot starts to step forward because you have an instinct to join that scene, you're supposed to follow your foot. It's like mm-hmm. an exact intuition. Yes. 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 So I'm and just if, you, like, if you like stumble on your foot, people in the back line see that and it's distracting, which is why you should actually just like follow your intuition and not yes. second guess yourself. Yes. Okay. I, my first coach I ever had shout out Jillian Bell. Um, she told me, wait, an improv coach. Oh, sorry life coach. Okay. Cause there's a comedian, Jillian Bell. I'm like, she was your coach. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Jillian, my, my life coach. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> she, um, now I'm, now I'm second guessing, like, is that her last name? I haven't, don't second guess it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my coach Jillian, we'll just call her Jillian. Yeah. Um, she told me an intuitive yes followed by the feeling of fear means you're going in the right direction. Oh, yeah. And that really helped me because I had so much of that fear. Yeah. But I would have the strong yes. I would have this strong gut feeling of yes. And so once I knew, oh, that's actually the right direction, I started mm-hmm. practicing going towards it more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's always going to be, like, when we hear intuition, there's always going to be fear backed up by it. But yeah, it's important to discern, okay, the fear is not my intuition. And also at the same time, I like to give that fear love because the fear is just our brains that are trying to keep us safe. Like, they're biologically wired to keep us safe. And it's like, once we keep giving that fear love, then the fear is not going to own us and the fear isn't going to be, like, the dictator And sometimes the fear can be the dictator. Like it was for me most of my life. Like I was led by fear until I was able to be led by my intuition and my heart. So yeah, that discernment too is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like a split second, which is why people, it's hard to learn because you have to really start tuning into what, what did I feel first by a microsecond? Exactly. Mm. For listeners who maybe are struggling with loving themselves, where where's like the first place to start? What's, what's the first thing you do? First thing I would say, make a list of all the things that you don't love about yourself, all the things that you don't like. And then once you have that like list written out, go back and give yourself love to all those things that you have written down. And usually the things that we don't love about ourselves are the things that we reject or like we 
try to not even have it as a part of our identity or we pretend it's not even a part of us. And that's like not fully accepting who we are. Mm-hmm. And when we don't accept who we fully, who we are, then we don't get to like use the gifts that we have and we don't get to share those gifts with the world because the, we all have gifts within us and the world needs our gifts. And if we don't love ourselves, we don't share those gifts. And it's such a like, that's like a tragedy, a tragedy if we don't get to do that because we're all here to share our gifts with the world. So I would say, love those parts of yourself that you don't. And then my other favorite thing to do is mirror work, like going in front of the mirror and telling myself like affirmations, like, I love myself. You're so amazing. Like you got this. And at first, like it's, uncomfortable. And my recommendation is always like do it over and over and over again, as long as it takes until you really believe it until like you look at yourself and you really believe, Oh my God, I love you so much. And the eyes are the window to the soul too. So when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're like connecting to your core and your essence. It's also like an everyday practice, you know, like we're not going to do it once or twice, or we're not going to do it for a month really good at it we're gonna like not feel so good about who we are and I think it's in those moments too where it's really important to give ourselves that extra grace that extra love and always remind ourselves that like we're exactly where we need to be we're perfect exactly the way we are there's nothing we have to change about ourselves and we have to accept who we are accepting ourselves is also like such a selfless act like imagine if we all went out into the world like happy full Mm -hmm. loving who we are then we get to love other people yes like we don't we can't love other people unless we love ourselves because we don't know what the feeling of love is so Mm -hmm. the biggest gift we can give to the people we cherish to this world is loving ourselves because then we really know that feeling we can be in that feeling and then we can give that feeling to other people and we all know like energy is so contagious the way we feel is so contagious so Mm -hmm. if we feel love we get to give, especially to the people who need it most, the people who are suffering, is like all they need is love. Mm-hmm. That's why like somebody who's truly loving themselves, it's like moth to a flame. Like yes. people come to you because, mm-hmm. because they feel that and they want to be, yeah. they want to be around that. And, and they want to know the secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I loved where you started with writing down, um, like first step to self-love, write down the shit that's been going on that you, mm, you've been yeah. saying bad about yourself. That's where I start my program. Learn to fucking love yourself. Day one is beliefs. And like the focus is purposely write down the shitty, shitty stuff. Mm. Get it out on paper. Yeah. You can see it in front of you. And then you apply compassion and love and try to yes. mind a little bit of a positive out of that. Mm. And also acceptance is another day in my program. You sign an acceptance agreement that, you know what? Like the jig is up. Like I just have to accept myself where I am right now as is. And the fact that you're allowed to do that. Mm. You're allowed to, because we forget that we we're in a constant, we're in this society that's like, be better, do better, have more, get, get higher up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're fucking allowed to accept yourself exactly where you're Mm -hmm. at. And that doesn't mean that you can't make improvements later, Mm -hmm. but it's so much easier to make improvements when you're on your own team and you're not a criticizer of yourself. Exactly. So you can't can't upgrade to an iPhone seven before there's an iPhone one. Yeah. You got to get the first model and then you upgrade. (laughs) You got to accept that first model. There's a quote that I I don't know who said it, but I love it. It's like, um, loving yourself is actually an act of rebellion. Oh yeah. I forget. I've seen that. Yeah. It might've been in pussy. I can't remember. Mm, Um, but totally because it's not the norm and it's not again what's instilled by like capitalism that's the op- yeah. self-love is the opposite of capitalism it is. <laughs> like the beauty industry they profit mm-hmm. of people wanting to look better or look different because they're not accepting where they are right now yes mm-hmm. and of course you wouldn't want um consumers to love themselves because yeah. they don't need to buy anything exactly as they are yes yeah. <sighs> I don't even talk about capitalism in my program, but now I'm like, 
shit, I just made that connection. (laughs) Oh yeah. Money is the root of not all evil, but a lot of things. Yes. (laughs) And that's why we need money in our hands so we can can put it on good things. Exactly. Yasmin, have you ever had a card reading or been to a psychic? Oh my gosh, my favorite things in the world. Yes. <laughs> I love it. You when was your last me? one? Yeah. My last one, it's been a long time. You know, I can't remember. Okay. Have you had any like crazy experiences with it that you can recall? So actually, um, after my breakup with my first boyfriend when I was in college, when my spiritual journey began, I went to a psychic and um she told me like my chakras were off balance and back then I was like what the hell does that mean and she's like it feels so much better when your chakras are in balance she's like I can do it for you it's like five hundred dollars and back then I was like a poor like college kid and I was like um and then after that I was like maybe I should just learn about this myself and balance them myself so that's when I really got into what chakras are I bought so many books on it I watched YouTube videos and then I got in that rabbit hole and like learning about that helped me like figure out and get to know myself in a really deep way and that kind of opened up my spiritual journey so I'm always like grateful for that psychic lady who told me my chakras are off balance and it costs this much because I'm like oh, it must be something really important. I must learn about it. So yeah, that's it kind of changed the trajectory of my life. I love that. And you saved 500 bucks. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. to be. Yeah. Well, well, we have well, some decks on hand and we're ready to take a question. Ooh. Yeah, is there anything yeah. on your heart or mind? Let's see. Ooh, what about what it is that I need to hear right now? Love it. Great question. Rachel, are you? Yeah, I've got okay. the moon deck. Queen of the Moon Oracle by Stacey DeMarco. Love it. And we're coming up on a new moon. Yes, on Tuesday. Yeah, in Leo. Ooh, in Leo. <laughs> Fun. New moons are really good for releasing shadow work. Mm-hmm. let's see um what you need to know let me just shuffle them a couple times okay one more time and then let's all do an inhale together hold it I felt like I saw so much brightness. It was bright and red. I saw Um, bright yellow poppies. Oh. Let's see. Okay. Got it. Oh my God. (laughs) Dark moon, the void. (laughs) The first card in the deck. So this is, I know this moon. It's the day before the new moon, meaning tomorrow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So let's step into the void. Yeah. We're stepping into the void tomorrow. And for listeners, it's a blue card. Um, it's like a dark night sky and there's a blue woman just lying on the grass. Yeah. She's really grounded. She's like really laying down. Beautiful. Okay. It reminds me of Joshua Tree. Oh, oh totally because there's so many stars in the mm-hmm. sky. It looks like the universe. So pretty. She looks like like she's in her feminine energy, like, like with the moon receiving like mm. from the earth and from the sky. Mm. Totally. Mm. Okay. Your time to rest and reset is here. Release that, release all that does not serve you. Stop resisting. The void is a time of possibility, not just darkness. There is nothing to fear in letting go of negative patterns and habits. So let go of the old. Mm -hmm. Your mantra is, I freely release what I no longer need. While the full moon, full attractive power, gets all the publicity, the dark moon, which offers the infinite possibilities of a clean slate, is just as powerful in its own way. The dark moon often looks like just a darker piece of the night sky. And in some cultures, the way it appears harkens back to the idea of the void. It is a place of unknowable secrets, 
a state of everything and nothing or a place to prepare or rest before moving on. To me personally, there is a relieving, restful quality about this darkest moon that allows pondering and decisions about what we can jettison before making fresh plans for the new moon, which is the next day. If you find yourself resisting the dark moon, it is usually a clear sign that you are being stubborn about letting go of something Mm. that is old and not serving you in a positive way any longer. Often that is a fear or pattern that was created to protect you in some way. (laughs) We totally talked about that. Mm -hmm. However, now it is outdated, yet you are still carrying it or acting it out. Know that this moon is powerful, but it is also incredibly gentle in the way it helps you unravel what what actually is, so you can embrace the fresh start of tomorrow. Relax, reframe, and think about how much better your life will be without that bad habit, fear, or pattern. Get very clear about the possibilities of this transformation and what it will give you in real terms. This is the power of the dark moon. It is the optimum time in the cycle to release the old and cut the cords of relationships and traumas that deserve no time and attention in your present. Oh my God. I love that. And it resonates so deeply with me. Good. Does it bring up anything specific? You know, like this past week, I felt so much resistance and I feel like I'm ready to like step into like, like release and let go, like fear stories, like patterns, beliefs, and they all come down to like, oh, I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. Like I keep working on this, but it like comes up in different ways and different forms. Like I think it's one of those like lifelong journeys of working with this fear. So I've felt a lot of resistance to like step into something bigger, but that keeps coming up, that story, that belief. Mm. And it's, it came up a lot this past week. And I was like, okay, I feel this resistance. I feel this fear. It's time to like do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh Confirmation for that too. Yeah. So yes. exactly. This is very affirmative that that yeah. feeling is, is correct. Like you're oh. ready to let it go. Yeah. Beautiful pull. Oh, as always. Beautiful <laughs> episode. Thank yes. you so much. Um, yeah. Thanking the cards and where can listeners find you, Yasmin? Ooh, they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Yasmin Fate, Y-A-S-S-A-M-I-N-F-A-T-E. And feel free to send me a DM. And I do free 30-minute chats, like breakthrough chats to get you up-leveled, see what's in the way to the next level. And the link to book those is in my bio. And I would love to connect with all you ladies. She's incredible. (laughs) Um, And in closing, a basic blessing. This is something we're all grateful for today. Any of us can start. Mm. I'm so grateful for Teddy Longordo, former guest, and um, Dragon Witch. She's um, tapped me into a lot of confidence Mm. through the dragon energy and her coaching. So you being here also reminds me of that. So thank you, Teddy. I'm so grateful for fans and AC because it's been motherfucking hot. Oh, <laughs> like so sweaty right now. I'm I grateful. Like, like people, fans. That too, fans. that too. <laughs> thank you. Thanks to the fans. <laughs> I'm grateful for like Leo season, for summer, the sun. Yesterday I was out in the water and I was just thinking about how beautiful and awesome that the sun is. And it's like, it's shining like his light on me. And I was like, oh, it shines his light on everyone. And it doesn't discriminate. And also I'm grateful that I live in this country too. Like as someone who's lived in a third world country, I was thinking, wow, the freedoms we have, like I'm out in the water right now. Like I even know people like in Australia and New Zealand right now who have really strict lockdown rules. And I, um, I feel grateful right now to be in America, even though there's so much going on. 
I think it's such an awesome place to be. Like people in Iran are suffering. People in other countries have crazy like lockdown rules. And I just feel like I have so much freedom here. Just the fact that I can wear my bathing suit, walk around, be in the water, like so grateful for that. Mm. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Yeah. Love, love, love. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.